Does anyone follow basketball? Why are you talking about basketball? No. There's no uh, NBA All-Star game is happening right now. And he's missing it. It's sports. People are just taking like 40 foot three pointers right now. Like, <laughs> the game's gonna end like 500 to 600. Can this interview be only about basketball? <laughs> <laughs> How did you guys get started? LeBron James is killing it. One word from the Sold out the first time we played here. And Not we of had nothing to do with it. <laughs> My <laughs> we were just there. And that was it. <laughs> yeah, it was like we had like four people, and I don't know what the capacity is here, but um, the, the other band brought people who Skyped people in from Colorado. Oh, yeah, it was, it was like the whole family. So, so it was, we, were like, we got really lucky with that. That yeah. was cool. And we were kind of like, oh, every time we play the burn, it's going to be sold out. So, yeah. Well, tonight it was. Yeah, this was well, really cool. We yeah, played... the funny thing about that is like we played, we played like three other times and we didn't sell out and that's putting it kind of mildly yeah, yeah. and then this one I kind of take pride in because we've yeah. sort of like done the legwork we live in Somerville now and a lot of our friends and friends friends came out not to say that we're the reason that it sold out because no, the two bands are like also the amazing and they, they definitely brought it people. but it's cool to to play to a room that's sold out again it's, it's a good feeling do you guys like playing this kind of, because it's kind of a, more of a sitting down dinner type style cl- yeah. instead of like standing kind of club. The, um, oh, the, the venue? The venue. Mm-hmm. Do you like playing those or do you prefer playing like, like if you could see the Sinclair or something, like you kind of just stay all the way standing. I mean, Sinclair is like I my dream, so, um, yeah. but this is really cool because it's really intimate and it's a listening room, so everyone gets, everyone's really attentive and, and I think that's kind of rare in uh, venues. Because people often, like, if there's a bar, people talk a lot during someone's set, and they're loud because there's loud stuff happening around it. So, like, it's nice to play to a room that is really attentive and, and quiet and really listening to what you're doing. It's a, it's a treat, for sure. Well, it wasn't all quiet. I heard your mom go, woo! Yeah, that's true. <laughs> she liked the octopus song. Yeah, the really classic <laughs> the octopus song. Does your mother come to all your shows? Not all of them, no. Every they live up in Maine. Every single one <laughs> practice and she, she's like, hello, are you guys... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, no, she's, um, a, she's a source of light. My parents live up in Maine and they, they 
lot of trips down to this area just because my brother used to live down here and he went to college around here and played soccer. Um, when I was in high school, we would come down like every weekend to go see him play, even when he wasn't just playing. Um, yeah, um, so they're just like, they're really supportive. They're like coming down for it. But they don't come to every show. Just the ones that are on weekends. And they're, 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 big, they're a big presence on our Facebook page. <laughs> for this show, I, 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 <laughs> so I had a good five minute laughing fit because um, your mom RSVP'd. And then your dad commented, I will also be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I Talks a big game about not wanting to get big. Wow, well, they did not do a good job at that. Yeah. yeah, I think it's kind of impossible to, to be surrounded by so much art and music and, and such a thriving creative community and not be influenced by all of it somehow in one way or another. Whether it's a, like a direct influence into what you're producing or just like a passive, like, that's not really something. Yeah, for, for me, like, I think maybe I'll, like, play a song and I'll, like, watch them play it, watch the artist play it live, like, Bahamas, um, he always changes the way he plays a song, and he, like, does it in different tunings, and, like, his hand does these crazy shapes that I haven't come up with yet, and I, I look at him and then I go, it's like, that's crazy, I'm gonna do something with that. And it doesn't usually turn out like the artist I pulled it from. Um, but you put your own unique spin on in a way. Right. Yeah, it's a lot less intentional than that, though. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's easy to like look back and be like, I did that. It's like, I also did 99 things that didn't work. Yeah. You know? And so, also, you guys mentioned that you both were in previous bands. Uh, you guys were both in rock bands, from what I, I read? Yeah. Austin uh, strives yeah. to be genreless. It's, it's funny how people just kind of are like, no, you can describe us as like whatever, but we're not that. So I know I know it's what you call your band. My my band was was uh, the genre was heavy mellow. <laughs> and, very fitting. Yeah. And what was yours? We Do you we had struggled a lot with like pinpointing what our sound was, but um, 
Someone called us a, I think, gloom pop? Yeah, De- Deli called you guys. It was, it was like, yeah, it was like kind of ambient rock. We had two guitars. It was pretty heavy music. Um, if Taylor Swift yeah. wrote what she was actually feeling. Oh, totally <laughs> that. That's like kind of a compliment, but it's like... Do you, how do you think your music taste has like evolved to now, I think you guys described it as ocean folk. Um, how do you think your journey through being a musician has changed that into that now you've turned into kind of this oceany genre? Um, coming, I mean, coming from a, like bands of an entire like, or, like arrangements, you know, not just like the two of us. So we were kind of like thrust into um, a new suit, like so to speak. Kind of threw ourselves into a new suit. Yeah, it just kind of just kind of happened. Um, and I, I guess I'd say it feels really good and really scary to be, you know, coming up with, with new things and just kind of being really responsible. You know, some nights I'd be, like, playing a frat house on, like, the seventh day of tour, and, and I'd be like, ugh, this, this sucks, and I'd, like, drink a little too much and then, like, miss a chord, but everyone else is going, like, and it doesn't matter, you know. But I'm up there, and, like, I forget, like, a syllable. Or like a note, or like my pick, or like a guitar, and it's like pretty noticeable. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, going a little further back than that too. Like, I grew up listening to like bluegrass and and a lot of kind of like folk and like Americana rock from the seventies, just because my parents listened to like America and the Eagles and stuff. Um, so folk has always been a really big kind of part of my life, but when I write, it's not traditional folk. It just doesn't come out that way. So there's a little twist on it. So I think we like to call ourselves Ocean Folk of the Blues Tide because there are, there are a lot of different elements that play into what we write and what we do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm always tentative about like the, the tide, the, the blues thing. And I think it's fitting that we call it a tide because it comes and goes. It's really not a, a, a you know a, a backbone of our sound. It's nice. The ocean is very vast. Our genre, you know, we take a little bit from a lot of different areas. Do you think your like childhood, like you said, you grew up in Maine? Do you think that influenced a lot of your style of music as well? Yeah, it influenced what I like and what I don't like. like you said your mom can sing. I'm convinced that she can, but she thinks she can't. My mom's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moms are great. My mom thinks she has perfect pitch. She keeps putting me through it. Maybe she does have perfect pitch. What were your first 
Portuguese jazz artist Antonio Carlos Jobim. It's another best of album that my mom put on a lot. And it was just kind of like, it just like took me another place. I couldn't understand a word the guy was saying, obviously, but I learned like the the syllables of yeah. it. And like I learned the saxophone solos and everything was just like this vocal emotion. It was ridiculous. So I'm, I'm very grateful to my mother for sort of turning, up, turning me on to. Um, that style, even if I don't, you know, I didn't turn out that way. I'm definitely pulling from that. So you guys both went to Berkeley, and like, how did that sort of like? Did you enjoy your time at Berkeley? Do you think it's like helped you with music since you graduated? Um, just like experience with that. It's hard not to enjoy college. College is pretty fun. Berkeley is a cool experience. It's pretty nuts. Can be very overwhelming depending on kind of what your headspace is. For me, it was oftentimes very overwhelming, and I almost, like, pushed the music side of it away a little bit. Berkeley has a pretty extensive liberal arts program, so I took a lot of, like, history classes and, and psychology classes. And I still did the music side, obviously, but I was more focused on that kind of stuff, which is weird. Um, but, I mean, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for going to Berkeley. He was one of the first people that I met in Berkeley because we lived on the same floor. And <laughs> he was playing guitar outside of his room, and I walked by and was like, hey, that's a cool guitar. And, like, we just knew each other from then, just from being around the same space. My roommate was with a lady. <laughs> that's pertinent information. I don't know what went on. They were just in there. And I was not. All right. It's gonna be a sad question, but what was your favorite history class? 
Uh, well, I took th- I took three pretty weird history classes. Um, one was global history of narcotics, and one was history of vice, and then uh, human rights history. Nice. And I think my favorite, actually, all three of those were great. The, I had the same teacher, and he actually like grew up like a town away from where I grew up. Um, oh, uh, Bradford. Yeah, Bradford. he is amazing. And he was just like the coolest dude and really learned in his topics and it was, they were all great classes, the way he taught them and the information was just really gripping and fascinating. Yeah, he's like that rare teacher where you're like, yeah, I want to learn. I have that teacher from the assassinations class I'm taking right now. Assassinations class. Yeah, that's cool. He teaches espionage and assassinations. That's so sick. Crazy, psychotic, but amazing. Banned yeah. from Russia, but amazing. Very cool. <laughs> it's amazing. Was it really competitive because everyone really kind of has their hand in music in some way? Yes and no. Yes and no, for sure. Like that's a that's a that's a sort of long question. Um, in short, though, it can be if you want to be, and the music world kind of is. But if you keep looking at it like that, you're going to turn a lot more people away than you're. Like my friend, yeah. I think. Like competitions there, like we might be doing like a battle of the bands thing, and we kind of look at it as like, yeah, it'll be cool to play some new stuff. Yeah, not so much like the, the winning of it. Berkeley pushes networking a lot, so everyone's like pretty friendly. I think it's it's just a matter of like figuring out what you want to be a part of and what you don't want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's competitiveness in any sort of. Yeah, I, I think like the the John Mayer di- diploma program, where you go for like two semesters or so, that's like the core of what you of what the school can offer you. Like I, I had all like, I had a bunch of theory in my head going on already, but I go I go there and they're like, you're gonna apply this now and you're gonna like train your ear. So now if I listen to like a song on the radio, I can be really annoying and be like, Mary, Mary, that's a um, that's a, a one major seven with a sharp nine. And it doesn't sound very good, does it? No. Like, you don't need to tell me that either. (laughs) But it's cool to be able to, like, vocalize what you're hearing. documentary kind of thing you did with Greenline, what kind of spurred, because Becca said that you guys came to her with the idea, so what kind of spurred that idea of what you wanted to do? We're really big fans of audio tree sessions and like KEXP and all the things that those types of sessions do for bands and, and the way that they're done. So we came to Becca with this idea of doing like a, an audio tree session where it's three songs fully live, um, and then you would call it an EP. Um, and that was actually, we came to you with that idea before the single, and Becca was like, no, you have to do a single first. So we did the single and then kind of like pushed forward with the, the EP, and um, we had a big meeting, once Becca picked a team, we had a big meeting and sat down and talked with, with our whole team um, about how to kind of develop the idea and make it a little more unique so the green line could do it in the future as well. Um, and then we ended up 
with this like cool phenomenal team yeah all this like cool documentary style like Wesley Cannon Cairo Marquis Neto um, Hannah Bates on marketing uh, Joe Joe Newman on um, the initial engineering and the recording mixed it too I know I'm forgetting some it was people, cool. but it was really yeah, cool. We could not have done it without them, and even if we did, it would have been like, why did you make that? This, that would be this interview. <laughs> and how did you guys meet Becca? Uh, Becca, it's a weird um, connection. My brother is in a band with Becca's older sister, uh, and Becca reached out to me, like, I think almost two years ago now, um, when I was in my old band. And asked, she was working with Green Line, she was looking for a band to manage. Um, and at the time, it just like didn't, the band I was in was not like ready for that or whatever, and it didn't work out. And then Ryan and I got together, and I saw Becca at, a, at our sibling's show. And, um, Which you don't really I don't remember. You remember that? She doesn't remember <laughs> She was doing merch, um, and I. I was like, oh my god, you're Becca. And she was like, yeah, and we like met. And um, then I hit her up on Facebook and was like, hey, I'm in this new project and we're looking for someone to kind of manage us and keep us going. Are you still interested? And she was like, tentatively, yes, let's like test the waters and see how it goes. I've got this other stuff going on. And we did that for, I think, last summer. It was like from the beginning to the end of last summer and it ended up working really well and we just kept working more and more with her and in January we signed a contract and now she's legally ours and she can't leave us. <laughs> yeah. For at least six months. <laughs> to a year. Don't push it. <laughs> yeah, uh, we saw that you guys use your like sort of social media to do some kinds of like social work, like you guys have done. Transgender band, you promote the transgender band, not promote the band, but the, the on band against camp. Band yeah. camp was supporting. Um, yeah, not Active to fight against the band. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Ricky Gervais had it perfectly. He's, he's sort of like the the age of the internet is sort of like someone. Offering guitar lessons, and then someone coming up to the door, I'd be like, knock, knock, knock. Knock, 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 knock. And they open the door, they're like, hello? I don't want guitar lessons. You're like, okay. It's Bye. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's the exact same thing that's happening here where you're like, these people want rights that have nothing to do with your life. Like, you can do whatever you want still. Too much, maybe. And, like, let them live their lives if they want to call themselves whatever. Like, that's, you know. I don't have but any say in it. I don't, you know, yeah, it's not, it's not my place. It's, yeah. it's yeah. not their place. It's all personal. So it's a good thing that Bandcamp's doing. We, we like to support what we can and what we agree with um, as much as we can. And it, it's a little bit difficult as a band that we're trying to like be public figures, basically. And, and um, that turns a lot of people away because they see music as this like outlet for them to have fun and to not think about what's going on in the real world when for the artists it's oftentimes a release to kind of get the emotion out about what's going on in the real world um, so there's a tough little juxtaposition there but we like we try to support what we can when we can 
last question is, so you do have an album coming out in the summer, is there anything you want your fans to know of that's coming up? Or the one thing you're excited to know, that you'd be excited for them to tell them? We've got some shows lined up over the next couple months. We're starting to um, play in more cities. We're planning a tour this summer. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah, there might be a single or two on the way. The, the idea is to sort of give out some kind of exclusivity like right now we've been doing like you sign the email list you get the thing that we worked on before anyone else gets it um, if you want to go on SoundCloud there's some stuff up that's not going to be up for very long um, and in the same way we're going to aim to uh, give something like a tour or like something else before the album actually comes out that's why we're being a little bit vague about when it's coming out and we're intending to sort of give something special to, to, to people. Yeah, the, hike it up a little bit before everything comes out and offer something special. And then once it comes out, you come back around and... and um, Do the whole thing again. Right. Yeah, check back in with people. Exactly. So yeah, shows, potential tour, um, potential two tours. Potential merch? Yes. Yeah. Very there much potential. There will be, there's potential for album-centric merch, yes. What's the uh, symbol, your guys' band symbol? What does it mean? Oh, I love this Our logo. Um, we came up with like a really complex sort of version of, of our logo. And um, Accidentally, my sister, just... one of my two, well, both my sisters are artists, but one of my sisters specifically we reached out to and um, asked her to kind of render this art that we drew up um, and make it into a logo and she was like hey this kind of looks like uh like i think it was the catholic church symbol maybe you shouldn't do this and and we're like great okay um and then she just like kind of came up with a couple sketches and it ended up being I, she didn't i don't think she had this in mind when no, she did it because this the symbol in the middle was originally a line instead of like the connecting diamond um and she had based it off the symbol, the chemical symbol for water. Um, I think I believe, we had our, our tagline, the ocean folk, before then. Yes, and we, so we asked her to kind of connect the two circles. Um, and for us, it's kind of become like the two circles are, are us in a room in house, which is how we started just like playing music together in some random room in a house. Um, yeah, and it's cool. The lines don't continue out of it, but they 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 do. <laughs> so it's, it's just sort of like, like the same way that we play on stage, where we're sort of like locked, like eye contact. It's sort of like when we write, it's the same way. It's either us staring at each other and like performing and just seeing like I don't know. It's a little grandiose to say like the infinite directions we could go. Possibilities. But like. But while we're writing, we kind of like see that in a room, in a house, or if we're playing it, it's sort of on the stage in a building, you know. And it's it's a reminder, even though it seems like I have animosity and it's on my bass drum, like kick the hell out of it every night. <laughs> I really love the logo. It it, it it was just such a serendipitous kind of thing to yeah. to occur. I don't and, think she intended it to be so, but it yeah, it's it right that meaning your sister did it, and it meant so much to me. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys. I'm glad we had it. It's good.